and the West. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel and Diane Duvernay, your hosts every week right here on AM 1290, FM 96.9, and streaming at AM 1290, KZSB.com. We're repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara, at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets, and at Montecito's Upper Village, at Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm, coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Happy Monday, Neil. How you doing? Well, I let our listeners know that you have gone beyond the call of duty. Uh, you are um, with COVID and you're still I'm on doing... the back end of it, fortunately. Well, whatever end you're on, it's not a good end. Um, but uh, your dedication to the show is is, note, is duly noted. Well, I thank you, Neil. The show must go on, right? Right. So, so I'm you... thrilled to announce we have a guest. We have Kelly Marsh returning with us. She's the vice president and area manager of Cornerstone Home Lending. Kelly, thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah, I think you get points. You've been here like seven or eight times. That means you can come on for free next time. Oh, <laughs> awesome. So the, the first article we have uh, is from the Wall Street Journal, and it's entitled Supply Side Boom Gives Fed Breathing Room for Now. When spending and employment grows as quickly as it has been lately, normally inflation pressure is building and the Fed may have to raise interest rates. But on Wednesday, uh, Powell suggested otherwise, and he said that, yes, demand has indeed grown, but so has supply. And after COVID, uh, where there was a supply chain uh, uh, backup uh, that caused uh part of the reason that we've seen such high prices, there's been a shift. And everyone geared up because of the problems of the COVID supply backup. And now we have uh, a really good flow of supply. And that's going to, in his view and, and, and in the view of others, um, keep inflation under control without even thinking about rate increases. Because, you know, obviously, if you have more supply, just basic economics would tell you that prices will not go up as much, if at all. So that the good news is the supply chain is back working, and it could have a positive effect, and it is having a positive effect on inflation. Yeah, you know, what I've been saying is that, you know, uh, supply was a real issue. So back you know, during the 2020, 2021 timeframe, you know, good luck in getting a washing machine. And now really the issue is you can get the washing machine, but good luck in getting the repairman out to fix it. So we're having a people shortage. And most of that is due to the 55-year-old plus subset really um, retiring out of the job market. Yeah, interesting article today I didn't pull uh, that uh, was about the uh slower turnover among employees causing companies to actually have to in some cases lay off people because the normal uh rate of uh people leaving their jobs has actually gone down 
uh, no one knows why, but it's it's sort of interesting. Yeah, anyway, you'd think it would be the re- reverse with wage yeah. growth. Yeah, exactly. But also, we don't know which where the jobs are. That is the the, the you know the, the the people who are sticking to their jobs may not have an alternative because of their education or their skill set. Uh, the next article is interesting. It's it's entitled "The Tax Rule Change That Is Threatening Business Survival." Now, for years, in fact, since I think we've had generally accepted accounting, um, when you buy a uh, capital piece of equipment like a machine uh, or a truck, um, you um, uh, are able to, um, or research and development. Uh, you're you're able to uh, deduct it um, uh, through a, an amortization period uh, that limits the amount of uh, tax deduction you can get. Um, and what the IRS has done is that for years it let R and D expenses fall into that same category as real estate or machinery. And what the new, I guess I don't know what. The, the, under the two seven, two, 2017 tax cuts that's now coming into effect, um, there will no longer be uh, an ability to deduct uh, R&D expenses, uh, and you'll have to capitalize them and amortize them. And I could understand the rationale for that, because R&D is going to result in something that, if it works, that you'll benefit from over the years. And if you want to match revenue and expenses, it makes sense. But... Um, it will cost companies money and at the same time may cause, and it is causing in, in terms of what this article is telling us, companies uh, reducing their R&D, which could have a negative long-term effect on uh, on our economy. So, um, and for small businesses, it's actually been significant in terms of how do they finance the new tax? That is, they're going to, you know, pay out this money to do R and D, presumably, and then they have to pay uh, a large tax um, because they can't get the deduction in the year they do it. Yeah, that will that will actually change the way uh, companies look at R and D for sure. Yeah. Um, the next article is uh, when did cashing savings bonds become so impossible? And it used to be. That and you know, savings bonds have been a bedrock of of our uh, country's uh, savings since uh, I guess the 30s, uh, and war bonds and uh, the convenience of buying a bond before the internet, uh, and the some of the tax benefits of buying a bond. But and this is really sort of surprising. It turns out it's not so easy to cash in a savings bond once it matures, and um, the saving. The, the savings bonds have a note on it that says payable by any financial institution, but financial institutions just won't do it. Um, and uh, they are citing all kinds of stuff like uh, we don't know who you are or uh, we are uh, unable to uh, process more than $500 because of the complications. So people are uh, finding it very difficult, which, you know, for people who are not sophisticated, okay, it may be a blip on the Wall Street Journal's uh, list of things to worry about. But if people don't buy bonds, savings bonds, the this, this small investor, it could, you know, given what we're seeing now with uh, the ability, or, uh, not the ability, but the need to finance the federal debt, it could have a really negative impact. And so uh, 
the article says, and maybe the article will wake up some of the regulators to talk to the banks, but basically, uh, if you have a U.S. savings bond, it may not be so easy to cash it in. Wow, that will have serious ramifications if that issue doesn't get solved. Yep. Uh, The next article is, um, and this is really weird too, speaking of banks, uh, bank customers are getting a letter in the mail saying their bank is closing all of their checking and savings accounts and canceling their debit and credit cards. And they won't give a reason. And what it's called in the trade, it's called de-risking or exiting. And when the reporter asked some of the banks that have been doing this, including Chase, um, their answer was, we have uh, uh, different rules. And when we see something that may or may not be somewhat questionable. So for example, if somebody is withdrawing money at an even amount, like 5,000, 2,000, not 5,000 and $23.53, they may look at that and say, hey, that looks suspicious because you don't have usual round numbers when you do a disbursement. And rather than tell the client or the the banking customer, they're just canceling the uh, the credit card. And the article goes on and on in the New York Times about all the people that couldn't make payroll and they didn't have money to, to buy their 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 dinner. Um, and, um, you know, the banks have basically refused to you know, give a, a hard reason to these customers why they're doing it. Um, wow. I didn't even know about that. I didn't know about it either. This is why you need to listen to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9. And the final article is that um, you can get a benefit now uh, from uh, a new rule for FAFSA, FASA, the FASA application for financial aid. And um, it used to be that when you made a pre-tax contribution to your retirement account, it would count against how much money you could borrow for college. Um, And now they're excluding that. The new rule says that you can make a bigger pre-tax contribution to your IRA account, and it will be deducted from your income, thereby lowering your income, increasing the threshold of what you can borrow, which is actually a very good thing. That is a great thing because you know for the IRA it's six or seven thousand dollars, but if it also holds true for the four hundred one k, you know, if you're over fifty, which most people sending their kids to college these days seem to be, you know, that could be an additional twenty five, thirty thousand dollars. Hey, have you not walked around the streets of Santa Barbara and Montecito? There are some people eighty years old sending their kids to public to a grade school, but that's another story. We're not going to get into that. Uh, You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. American Riviera Bank is actually really good offering the loan to small businesses. The customer service that Renee gave, it was amazing. She actually gave us step by step. She helped me with every single step on the paperwork. She was great. We found a great bank, and now we have a great coffee shop. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. 
It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. November is Peanut Butter Lovers Month, celebrating the spread that supposedly debuted in 1904. But peanut butter in its current form, with roasted nuts and the product churned like butter so the oil won't separate, didn't appear on grocery shelves until 1922. We consume on average over 7 pounds of peanuts in all forms each year. Making peanut butter and roasting nuts is a $14.7 billion a year domestic business. Profile America is a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we have the pleasure of having Kelly Marsh with us, Vice President of Cornerstone Home Lending, to talk to us today about what's going on in the mortgage market. So Kelly, thanks so much for being here. And um, tell us, what is the status of the mortgage market right now with rates? Well, it's definitely been a slower mortgage uh, industry for 2023. We definitely started seeing a slowdown last year, 2022, from gangbuster years, historically low rates, and then interest rates really shooting up it fairly quickly, which definitely put pressure on. Um, it eliminated, I mean, the refinance industry is down uh, 90%. Um, and then the purchase market, I mean, we still see a lot of cash transactions in Santa Barbara. So we're doing what we need to do and pivoting in our mortgage industry and finding other ways we can be helping clients, advising clients. So, you know, how much does the mortgage rate depend upon what Jerome Powell and the Fed does from week from month to month? So just two weeks ago, the Fed decided to hold as opposed to raise or lower. Now, what did that do to mortgage rates and 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 your industry as a whole? So when the Fed increases the Fed funds rate, it, it changes the interest rates that consumers pay on a lot of different things, equity lines of credit, credit cards, other uh, types of financing. However, it doesn't directly impact mortgage rates. Mortgage rates are tied to mortgage bonds. But what we have seen over the last year with the Fed increasing uh, the Fed funds rate, it, it, it really also spiked mortgage rates and the reason the Fed is raising is because inflation got too high 
and mortgage rates, they also dislike inflation. So mortgage rates and inflation are oil and water. So we saw interest rates start tapping into even, you know, the, the sevens to 8% range mortgage rates. Now for a, a typical 30 year fixed, are we at 8% at this point? Well, last week, because the Fed did pause on um, their increase, um, and we saw some weaker jobs uh, report that came out on Friday, the mortgage markets actually rallied, mortgage bonds. For the first time, I forgot what it was like to see a mortgage bond rally. <laughs> so it was helpful for mortgage rates. So we did see interest rates start dipping back into the sevens. And it really does vary. Um, so we did start seeing rates in the eights and then last week helped us kind of push back down into the sevens. But I will say, Diana, it really, really varies on the specific client uh, profile, how much down payment, what kind of loan, credit scores, all different factors will influence the mortgage rate. So Cornerstone is unique in this community in that the, it's a national company that is a uh, originator of loans. Uh, how does that uh, position uh, benefit the consumer and, and quite frankly, the producers, uh, does that put you in a better position in a period of rapidly rising interest rates? I mean, what it does is it helps us with the size of our company. It helps us have the best uh, different investor relationships. So we have a lot of variety of products. I mean, you have your traditional loans. The most common loan across the country is a conforming loan, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. And then you have everything outside of that, which we're used to seeing a lot of jumbo. So what it does is it gives us a lot of products to choose from because we have the size and the volume to support the higher uh, requirements and qualifications to offer these kinds of programs to consumers. So what is going on in the jumbo loan world right now? Because that is much of where Santa Barbara Falls, just given our um, entry level home price, um, has it has it gone hand in hand with um, the 30 year conventional loans or, or is there a, a spread there now? So sometimes we'll see a conforming loan, a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loan, uh, have better interest rates than jumbo rates and then vice versa. Um, and what we're seeing is the jumbo rates, they're kind of all over the place. We're seeing some jumbo investors, so the different banks that are available, as well as non-bank investors that offer jumbo financing, we're seeing some of them come in really aggressive. And then a couple of weeks later, they kind of phase out, look, slow down. So there's no real rhyme or reason. You just have to be constantly scrubbing through and looking at all the different investor options. It's it's become a much more skilled-based mortgage market as an advisor this year. Um, I think you've always needed to be skilled as an advisor, uh, but the days of pushing button, getting loan are, are kind of behind us, at least for the complex purchase transactions we work with. So in that jumbo space, I remember during the COVID, you know, in the beginning of COVID, that jumbo loan market had kind of dried up. Given that the mortgage market had has slowed down so much, is that having investors really clamor to find places to put their money? Um, or is it is because the high interest rate of money markets kind of you know, balancing that all out. 
So that's a pretty loaded question because what's happened is when we saw the banking sector suffer and we saw a couple banks essentially go out of business because people were, you know, running on the banks or however you want to call it, what it did is it reduced the appetite for some banks to loan their own money. So the portfolio products that you see, they're lending to asset ratio, they're taking a more conservative approach. So we have seen some of the jumbo products pause, but we've also seen some other jumbo products come in. So we're constantly looking at who's available, what's new, what's the hot product, what's the hot investor. And like I said, they do kind of come in and out. We'll see, you know, one investor right now is leading the pack in the most aggressive pricing for their rates. And then it could be in a month that they're totally out of the market for the time being. Are are people who are investing in mortgages now uh, concerned that if interest rates start to go down, uh, these mortgages will get paid off? Um, and so you're not going to have, you know, a long-term investment that you expected. So um, it, that risk gain model for the investor changes and the, the, the probabilities are interest rates will go down at some point in the near future. And that would, again, cause uh, the mortgages to be paid off quicker than expected. That has become an issue. So that is the secondary market. So these mortgages get packaged up and they get put into mortgage-backed securities. Um, and what's happening is loan servicers who are servicing these mortgages, we pay our mortgage payment every month to X company. And that company either purchased the servicing rights for the mortgage or they originated it and they are also servicing it. So the value in that servicing of the loan has reduced because of exactly what you just said, Neil, is that those loans are predicted to pay off. So what's happened is there's a lower value. These loan servicers are not willing to pay as much money to service these mortgages because they'll never make it up. These loans will pay off in a year or two years. They paid you know, 100 or 200 basis points to purchase that loan and they never make it. They never make that money back. They lose money. So what, why that became such an issue is what we saw is more and more interest rates that you couldn't find without consumers paying points, paying upfront money to get those rates because the value of servicing was so weak and that was an issue. And it still is an issue because we pretty much know these mortgages, even if they're fixed rate loans, they're most likely not going to be here in two years. Right. Because you're listening, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9 and we'll be right back. When you're farming a vineyard, you have 180 days to bring about a certain quality for the eventual wine. With a bank like American Riviera Bank, it's really comforting to have a partner that understands the agricultural landscape. Having people that communicate quickly with us, that are able to be flexible in how we're doing our business on a day-to-day -day basis has been a real strength in what we bring to our client base. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man! No, 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 no. sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, get spiritual. 
Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? Beauty is within. Um. C. Look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have Ta-da! to. Ta-da! Twinsies. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Remember, one less spark is one less wildfire. Have fun without fire. In many areas, use of campfires and charcoal cookers are not allowed. Make that an advantage. Stargazing is better without firelight. Or listen to the forest at night when creatures really prowl. Hike in the moonlight with a flashlight. Bundle up and enjoy the warmth while sensing the chill that wild things feel. Make camping different this weekend and camp without a spark. The California Statewide Fire Prevention Campaign thanks you for your cooperation. Welcome back to Money Talk. You're, we're, brought to, we're brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we're talking about rates. And, you know, and and actually right before the break, we were talking about how these loan servicers don't want to buy the mortgages because of the repayment uh, risk as both the Fed as well as the bond market believe that rates are going to are going to come down in the next 12 months as well as come down even further in the next 24 months. So is that is that leading to a lack of capital as these um, loan originators have to keep these loans on their books, Kelly? It, for us, it has not become an issue. So the good news is that we're still having no problems selling the loans to the different loan servicers. We are also a loan servicer. So we do have our own servicing um, arm of our company now. So everything is in-house, um, which is great. Um, so yeah, it's it's not it's not become an issue, but it's become more expensive in getting the interest rates with with consumers paying points. Paying more money to get the already elevated rates. A, a now, lot of a, mortgage, a lot of mortgage brokers are forced to lay off people because there's not enough volume. Are there any technological advances that will increase productivity of those who remain? Yeah, I think technology. I mean, also AI, the mortgage industry. We are not. Uh, we are not immune to the benefits of AI. So I think a lot of that has helped pick up efficiencies. Uh, different technologies, uh, loan operating systems, the client management systems, they all talk to each other. It, it has and it will continue to help reduce some of the uh, man hour requirements, which, you know, from an operational standpoint, there's a balance between utilizing technology and not taking away from that client interaction that we believe is so important, that advisory role. Well, and I, I think Cornerstone, um, Kelly, you have always been at the forefront of incorporating technology into making the loan documenting process much more easy for your clients 
as you provide a loan portal where people just upload all those documents. Um, now, is e-signature coming to the, um, you know, did COVID force force the mortgage lenders into e-signature as well, as opposed to signing that ream full of paper in person in front of a notary? Or is it still same old, same old on that front? So California, the state of California has not passed the fully digital closing process. So we still require um, in the state of California, original signatures on uh, the deed of trust. We're not a fully digital uh, recording state. So um, it didn't eliminate the need for notary in person. There are some states, though, believe it or not, that are fully e-signing states. So you never have to actually sign in person with a notary. They do a notarization over Zoom or some virtual platform. We're not there yet, but we do reduce our final docs to only the documents required uh, to be signed in front of a notary. So it reduces it down from, you know, 80 signatures down to maybe 10 in person. Now, do you think California will go the way by the fully virtual, you know, a, a notarized Zoom or I would like to, yeah, I would, I would like to think so, but I think there's a lot of other things that might be in front of that as a priority for the state of California. Absolutely. And so, you know, with today's mortgage rates, who, who are the types of clients that are refinancing in today's day and age? So where we're still seeing a refinance need, I mean, there's, there's, I'll, I'll give you like the refinancing, uh, there's a buyout. So, People are still getting divorced, unfortunately. Um, there's still partner buyouts. So with that, there is sometimes the need to refinance and buy out the partner or refinance and eliminate the other owner's uh, obligation and liability on the note. So the only way to generally get someone off the obligation of the note, the promissory note, is to refinance and get an entirely new mortgage. Now, there are a few exceptions to that when the promissory note, the mortgage that the person originally got actually is assumable. Most loans are not assumable. So there are some, but I would say 90% of mortgages are not assumable. So that's what we're seeing is a lot of buyouts. Um, and then people that are looking at paying off debt, eliminating debt, as we know, the uh, U.S. Credit card debt is increasing and will continue. So people are doing refinances to eliminate debts, um, home improvement, building ADUs, all kinds of things. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're refinancing and paying off their first. They may be doing a second trust deed. That was going to be my next question is, are you seeing a lot of um, activity in the HELOC space? Yes, a lot. I probably get three to five inquiries a week and have this whole year, a week. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. So a home equity line, what are the what are the rates for um, for a home equity line in today's day and age? So home equity lines of credit are directly, generally, uh, are directly tied to prime rate and prime rate is tied to the Fed funds rate. So the Fed funds plus 3% equals prime rate. Prime rate's currently at 8.5%. The last time I checked, it's been a little while, 8.5%. So you take prime rate plus generally you add some kind of margin to it. So prime plus zero would be prime rate or prime plus one, you would be looking at somewhere in the nines. So it's definitely pushed uh, the borrowing costs up for equity lines of credit. They're, they're anywhere in the mid eights to probably the 
the 10 plus range, 10% plus range. And, and that's interesting because it still hasn't slowed down the, the rate of inquiry for that home equity line. Um, is it because people are emotionally attached to that 3%-ish rate that they have for their first? Because I've got to imagine sometimes it might make sense to combine the two as opposed to just get the ELOC depending upon how much they're trying to pull out. Correct. So what we would look at is what do you owe on your first mortgage? So let's say you owe $500,000 on your first mortgage at 3% fixed rate, and you need 50000 of home improvement or credit card consolidation or 100000 at you know 9%. You have to look at what's the blended cost of that money and you have to compare that to if you refinanced and you get a and you got a mortgage rate for one single loan in the sevens, what does that look like? And so right now this year most people have a larger first mortgage that we're looking at, so their loan amount is not just 100 grand or 200 grand, I wish it was, but the amount they owe on their first mortgage is higher and the amount they need is much less. So it doesn't make sense to give up that 3% fixed rate. Now, are you seeing people actually taking out home equity lines to buy second pieces of property or second homes at all? Or or is it still more advantageous to just take out a first on that second home? Uh, what you would want to do is find the right balance. So you would want to have, let's say they had no down payment for this second home or investment property they would then utilize their existing homes equity of X amount of dollars to have a good size down payment on the purchase. So they still finance a purchase loan on that property, second home or investment property, but let's say they tap into their existing homes equity. So they leverage their existing home, safely leverage their existing home to purchase another home. So they might still get a purchase loan at whatever interest rate that is, but they've used a little bit of their home's equity for a down payment. You you still you uh, uh, distinguished or differentiated your company by suggesting that potential clients come to you even before they're ready to do something and just get some advice and uh, direction. Uh, are you still doing that? Are you still working with people that? are just beginning the process of thinking about what they want to do and helping them make that next step? Yes, I would say more than ever, because people are feeling more uneasy about the cost, the affordability of housing and the cost of borrowing. So we're meeting with clients uh, or advising clients and coming up with plans. I mean, we have clients that still have not purchased when they were looking pre-COVID. So they've been looking and trying to strategize for several years, and we still we still look at their information and still run numbers. And whenever they're ready, we're ready to help. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. 
Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. The organization known as Domestic Violence Solutions provides safety, shelter, and support for individuals and families affected by domestic violence. Here's Jan Campbell. We often see, in conjunction with physical violence, emotional, psychological, financial, now there's technological violence. It's really a pattern of one person having power and control over another. So we run a a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week crisis and information line, and you don't have to be in crisis to call. That phone number is 805-964-5245. And if you are listening and you do need help, please Please call our crisis and information line 805-964-5245. To learn more about domestic violence solutions, go to dvsolutions.org. And the hotline number is 805-964-5245. Welcome back to Money Talk. Brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So Kelly, during the break, we were just talking about the differences between renting and buying and how it's... How it's um, you know, this has been the first time probably in, in my career that really renting isn't the worst financial decision for you if, if you can't afford the 8% mortgages. When you're advising clients who are looking to purchase new property, are you are you at times having to say that it's better for you to rent? You can get more for your money renting than you can buying. How do you handle that type of situation? Normally, it's a conversation that's really around qualifying. You know, we 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 can say, okay, as a lender, this is what we say you can qualify for, but that doesn't necessarily mean that is a payment that that client wants. So you have to factor in what is your comfort level for a payment. And that's not always the same with what a lender would qualify for. So it may be that that, that what you mentioned, Diane, might naturally come out. You mentioned that your comfort level is X, week will qualify you for Y, but that that so so maybe there and and here's what that would produce for you for a purchase payment. So your payment of X is this purchase price, and our payment of Y is this purchase price. And it may sometimes be that there's just nothing in that purchase price range in our area. Yeah, you start to see it more and more when you're starting to try to recruit people to come work for your company. It's very difficult if they're not already in the Santa Barbara community to not have them have sticker shock when they start looking at what the opportunities are here in Santa Barbara. Um, And so with that, you know, do you foresee as people are staying in their homes longer and longer because their rates were so low for their mortgages, you know, that they're then renting out their home and renting someplace else or, um, you know, 
just not selling. Do you foresee once rates start to come back down, a big boom in the mortgage industry as people start making more um, permanent shifts in their lifestyle? So I think there will be an uptick in volume for two reasons. When the interest rates do eventually come down, we don't know when that's going to be, but eventually. I think um, what we'll see is the the people that were that received mortgages in the last year and a half, maybe two years at that time, will take advantage of the lower rates and refinance. So we'll see an uptick in refinance volume. And then the people that have stayed in their home, that haven't sold their homes, that maybe have outgrown their homes, or maybe they want to downsize, but they had this low fixed rate that they were incentivized to stay. They were incentivized to keep it and ride it out. So to kind of suck it up, I do think we'll see um, an uptick in listings for people that are wanting to sell, but just haven't wanted to. They want to, but they weren't. there wasn't enough incentive to because they had such a low rate. But they maybe have had two kids by then, and they're in a two-bedroom. And when rates come down, they'll have more incentive to make that to make that change. What What are the competitive? How is the competitive environment in your business? Are local institutions not like yours that nationally fund your own loans? Do, are they cutting back because there's less volume? So why bother? I mean, are you seeing the banks here and some of the small mortgage brokers becoming uh, less significant? I don't think any particular sector is immune to to making some changes in their mortgage divisions. Um, whether it's a mortgage banker like me, I have made dis- I have had to mid- I have had to make changes. Um, so have banks with their mortgage divisions. So have mortgage brokers, and so have bigger companies. So we have all had to make changes. Um, so I. I do think we will continue to see some further contraction of the mortgage industry. We will see some some further uh, mergers and some further exits of the mortgage industry. We will see some more of that. Um, And it's unfortunate, but in some ways it's a healthy, uh, healthy attrition. And that will and that will benefit you when the market comes back. There'll be less competition. It'll benefit the people that were able to survive it. I mean, and and you know, when we talk to clients, we say, oh, there should be a six-month reserve or a 12-month reserve. Well, not everyone had 24 months of reserves in their savings to ride out a downturn in a market. I mean, so it's it's nobody's fault and it's nobody failed. It's just you only had so much you could ride it out. And that's what we've been seeing in our mortgage industry. Well, and when you look at recessionary times, it really is wringing out business inefficiencies. So what what it does is it forces companies like yours to really look at the hard and make some hard decisions that in booming times like the COVID where everyone was refinancing because everyone was home looking at their stuff and rates were so low, you know, it was it was the heyday. And so in ultimately, if you can get to the other side, you know, as companies continue to struggle, if you get to the other side, you're much stronger for that next boom cycle. Absolutely. I mean, it has become a more skills-based market for an originator. There is so much more to advise clients in looking at the future and planning for the future and having bigger conversations with our clients to set them up for success. And are you finding that real estate brokers are more likely to recommend to their clients they see you sooner than later? 
to make sure uh, that they're not wasting their time. They have always, it, it has always been the recommendation is to get your client to see a mortgage lender ASAP to know that they are qualified and that the payment is what they what they are expecting, especially in this market. Now, Kelly, are you, you know, earlier you had said that a lot of the sales in our area are cash, all cash. However, I've always seen all cash sales and then they go and refinance later. Is that piece now missing from these buyers where, you know, no matter how much money people have, if you can make more money in the market than you can, you know, paying interest on it, you, you know, you, you make that business decision. Has that market also dried up that people aren't financing after the fact? Because it was always all cash because you were much more attractive to the seller, not having to jump through hoops. But what's what's bearing out in your numbers or what are you seeing now? I don't have those metrics. So I am going to just give my best guess on it. I would guess that there are not as many people taking mortgages out or borrowing the money like they did before. Um, there's not as many people doing it simply because borrowing costs are elevated um, and that it's that there's not as much appetite for it. That's my best guess. I do not have those metrics. And our all cash, it varies from month to month, but we're anywhere from 30 to 40% in cash transactions in Santa Barbara. And so also, are you seeing that um, these these individuals that are that are buying in all cash, if you will, that there are just as many of them as always? Or I, I guess that's not something that you really have any purview into because you're you're dealing with people who do have financing. Um, are you seeing people putting more money down than they otherwise would? We definitely have seen larger down payments to help offset some of the borrowing costs. So even though they could do 20% down, they they choose to do more. They choose to do 30, 40. I mean, you don't have to do 20%. So I want to put that out there. But let's I'm using that as an example. Right. That somebody, they they may opt to do more money down to simply reduce their borrowing costs. And given that interest rates are, you know, projected to go down sometime in the future, you know, I, I feel like we're back in 2000 when I kept saying, oh, you know, inflation will happen. You know, it only took 23 years to have it go or 22 years to have it go. Um, but are are people more, do they have a bigger appetite for interest only to take advantage of that refi if they're going to refi anyways? Are those rates actually lower? So the, the interest only products are not as um, available due to some lending regulation Dodd-Frank reform. So we don't see as much interest only just because it's simply not available. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9. And we'll be right back with our final segment. What defines our community? Is it the people? The businesses? Is it the ranches, vineyards, and farms? We think it's all of those, and we're committed to helping our communities thrive. Homeowners existing and new, businesses looking to grow or bring up the next generation, our regional agriculture managing their seasons, crops, and livestock. We're American Riviera Bank, and we invest in our communities. In you.
Peekaboo. Peekaboo. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah. Maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. The first school to provide training for women doctors in the nation opened this month in 1848, the Boston Female Medical School. At the time, it had a faculty of two and 12 students. Today, nearly 56% of all college students are female, and most current enrolled medical students are women. Of the 1,042,000 active physicians in the U.S., 660,000 are men and 381,000 women. Profile America is a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau. Welcome back to Money Talk. Brought to you by Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. And we're speaking with Kelly Marsh, who's the Vice President of Cornerstone Home Lending here in Santa Barbara. And Kelly, I just wanted to thank you for being on the show today and talk a little bit about, you know, I think one of the things you, your firm and you in particular really um, do, do well is thinking outside the box and really having some creative strategies for people who are trying to get financing that otherwise wouldn't fit in that, you know, nice little box of simple, simple, uh, financing. So can you share with us some strategies that you're employing right now for people given this, um, this different market that we're in that we haven't been in with high interest, higher interest rates than, than what we've seen in the last couple decades? Yeah, so a couple strategies come to mind. So, you know, one thing is to try to, when you're purchasing a home, and let's say you do have other debt, you have maybe a car payment, student loan payments now are back in effect. So people are having to make their student loan payments. You've got rising interest rate, uh, credit card rates, car car financing is different. So another, you know, way to reduce the total overall obligation when buying a home is consider putting less money down if you're only required to put, let's say, 5% down on a, on a purchase, but you have more money to put down, is consider eliminating some of your debts. So you, you help eliminate your other obligations and put that in and finance more in a mortgage so your net net obligation is less. So that can be one creative way. Um, Another idea, and we've, we've heard a lot about it, uh, there was, there's been a lot of marketing around it, is but rate buy-downs. So there's two different kinds of rate buy-downs. There's a permanent interest rate buy-down where you pay upfront money and you get a lower interest rate. That's like However, a point, right? So like yes. that's like buying a point. Yeah, paying a point. So 
let's just use round numbers. So you pay one point on a $500,000 loan. I know they, they might not feel like they exist, but they do. So you pay, you have a half, a half a million dollar loan and one point is $5,000 and you save a quarter percent on your interest rate. So you have to look at, well, what's my, um, what's my timeline in making up that cost? I pay up front, I save a little monthly, but if I refinance in 12 months or 18 months, I never will make up the benefit of the lower rate. The other uh, buy-down is a temporary rate buy-down. And a temporary rate buy-down can make a lot, a lot of sense as long as you as the buyer are not the ones paying the temporary rate buy-down. But if you can negotiate for a seller to provide a seller credit and you utilize that seller credit to do a temporary rate buy-down, that can be a better use of money. Now, obviously you have to have you have to have seller money, you have to have some kind of credit um, to, to do that strategy, but it can make sense. And how long is the period of time for the temporary? So there's a couple different temporary rate buy-downs. There's something called a three, two, one, a two, one, a one, one, and a one zero. So I'm going to use one example. So let's say it's a one year buy-down. So you start at, let's use round numbers. The 8% is the rate. Let's just say that's the rate. The first year you get 7%. So you would get a 1% rate reduction the first year. There's a 2-1 buy down. So you would get 6% the first year, 7% the second year, and then you go to your 8%. It's a fixed rate. So temporary rate buy downs are can really make sense, especially if we expect to refinance within a certain period of time. Well, we're out of time. And if you want the rest of that, you need to call Kelly Marsh. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, and uh, it's good to see that uh, your company is really you know helping people here figure out the strategy to to get a home um and thank you all for listening you've been listening to money talk and we'll see you all next week